progress. Thanks everybody for waiting. We have LA Galaxy head coach Greg Vanny, and we'll start off for questions. Uh, we'll toss it off to Kevin Baxter. Go ahead. Hey Greg, can can you hear me? I can. Uh, now that you're done with John Champion and Taylor Twelman, here come the dumb questions. Um, huh. When hey. you look at your your season, you know you had it. It seems like there's a lot of up and downs. You had Chicharito. You haven't had Chicharito. It, you, there's a game in Minnesota. Maybe you shouldn't have won that you won. A couple of games at home that you should have won that you didn't. Does it feel that way? And is that normal? I mean, you had the 2017 season in Toronto. We had LAFC here a couple of years ago, where they just ran the table. That's the rare season, right? This is more normal, isn't it? It is. I mean, especially in an MLS season, and especially as you're as we're putting kind of a team together. I mean, 17 new faces. Uh, obviously, you have you have injuries through the course of a season. You have players in and out with national team duty. You have a lot of variables going on, and and the teams that have those those seasons that you're talking about, our team in Toronto, uh, you know, the LAFC team, even even New England's having a great season this year. They have very little turnover in their roster from week to week. You see a lot of the same faces. They're probably rotating 15 to 16 guys, probably not 22 to 30 guys. Uh, and there's a lot of consistency in their lineups, and there's a lot of consistency in what they're doing match to match, and they're able to keep uh, keep consistency in terms of their level of performance um, and quality. And so – um, that was it. That was the case in 2017 with us. You know, that was the year that that Josie played the most games that he had had all in an entire season. Seva played a ton of games. We um, we didn't change our lineup a whole lot. We played in a you know we could do a lot of a lot of our relationships on the field. Our ability to adapt in game was very good, just because again it was guys used to each other and understanding what we were doing, and the level stayed very very high. It's, and it was consistent, you know, and so. Um, so a little bit of what we're going through now, I think, is um, for sure it's a it's more typical of an MLS season, but even more typical of I think of a team that's going through a little bit of a roster reconstruction and and you know and trying to integrate some new faces, a new coach, and learning a new style of play and, and a new way of thinking in some ways uh, and playing. So uh, yeah, you know that's I think that's common, um, you know, and that's why you know I, I say this a lot that. Where every game we go out, where we are focused on trying to get the result on the day, but we're also very hyper focused on our process of becoming a better team and a more consistent team and learning from each performance uh, to try to be the best team we can be as we hit the knockout rounds and the playoffs and getting ourselves in the best positions and playoffs and all that kind of stuff. We still have a lot of space and room to improve as a group. And so when you hit that consistency, um, then maybe you, you you get that situation that that um, Vasquez talked about the other day. The mentality changes a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think you know that's a there's a couple of things. Those things go together. It's chicken and the egg. You know, it's uh, through some of that consistency you can get guys to have that mentality. Uh, we talked a little bit about it as a group today, and and trying to get to where we're going to means. Um, playing a little bit on the edge of uncomfortable, meaning you put yourself out there every single game to sometimes instead of, for example, for our center backs to stand in their spot and pass the ball versus drive into the space, attract somebody and then pass the ball. It's very conservative and easy to stand in your space and pass the ball. But what we need them to do is drive in, attract attention, play the next pass. So it's getting guys to be a little bit outside of their comfort zone, play on the edge. And by doing so, we continue to improve as a group and we can become our best version of ourselves. So it's getting guys a little bit to continue to 
to push through the comfortable, to get a little uncomfortable so that we can keep growing as a, as a team. And, and different guys are go through that in different phases and for different reasons. We've had guys who've come to us mid-season and are trying to get fit. We have guys who are coming out of injury, trying to get fit. We have guys who are in and out. And again, that's where, that's where consistency helps you out. When you can get, when you can get 11, 15, 18 guys who's, who all are at a top level of fitness, who are all playing kind of are comfortable and playing on that edge a little bit more, you can, you can reach towards greatness and you can really find out how good you can be. And that's, we're still working towards that. And I want guys to feel like um, they're pushing themselves that way. I don't want guys to feel like they need to be conservative or, or concerned about things. I want, I want guys to push themselves and push us to be the, the best possible version that we can be. Uh, next, we'll go to Damian Calhoun. Hey, Greg. Damian, how are you? Uh, just want to get your thoughts on San Jose. Um, they're a team that they, they really have the ups and downs, I guess, the last couple of years here. Uh, where just when you think they're they're below the line and they're out of it, and here they are, you know, like one point away from the seventh place there. What, what is it about this group that's that you've seen, and what is it about playing these guys, um, um, you know, just every, every, every time you face them? So I, I think, you know, uh, the nature of how they have played the game over, you know, under under their coach, who's a very good coach, but the way he plays is a very unique way of playing. And, you know, I think that has led them at times to some good results and some bad results and maybe some ups and downs along the way for, for whatever reason. It's a very unique, different style than what anybody else has done in our league. Um, but I, but I also think as the course of a season goes, and as he has done now, he's made slight adjustments to the group without really changing exactly what they're trying to do. They have adapted a little bit to, to not be as exposed as maybe they have been in previous games, which means they're not giving up as many goals as they, they have. A lot of their games now are tight and they're one goal games. It's either one, zero, one, one. It's they're very, they're much tighter games. Uh, I think they're a little less extreme in the moment on the man to man and they're, they're doing, you know, more of, of zoning a little bit away from the ball to close up spaces and not just chase men around, which maybe they've done in the past, which has left them exposed. So again, I think they've adapted along the way a little bit to try to figure out what's, you know, the best way for them to continue to be successful and more consistent. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a coach who is getting used, you know, reading his group and maybe adapting a little bit to the league along the way as well, you know, so they're a, com they're a competitive team, the combative team. They do some things really well. Uh, they really do. I mean, when they have the ball, they really spread the field out and they make it difficult to, to defend them. And, and you really have to, as a group, we really have to manage space and men and uh, they challenge you in that way. And they can really open you up if, if you don't do a good job of doing that. And so there's some things that they do really well that, you know, that give them a margin for victory. Um, but again, they have some vulnerabilities at times that also give them that margin to, to drop games. Uh, next, we'll go to Charles Bohm. Hey, Greg, uh, you have these um, two rivalry games coming up back to back, and it seems like the L.A matchup is the one that gets everybody fired up these days but when you were in a gallus uniform it was it was the quakes that were it was the cali classico that was on the team to get everybody fired up what's your personal view on this and can can a team have the same level of emotional i guess commitment and, and uh anticipation in this kind of situation with these two games 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I think this is, again, it's one of those tests a little bit for what the playoffs are like, where you have to get emotionally up and compete hard and, and what might be a challenging third game in six days and, and put together a, a good concentration and good quality for 90 minutes against a rival and, and have that mentality and intensity that you, you need in a game like this and then be able to bounce back and do it again in a week against uh, another rival. I mean, that's that's a little bit of a, you know, what a playoff mentality looks like and, and is a little bit of that rivalry mentality. But for, you know, again, for us, the, um, we, I want us again, to continue to take steps forward as a group in terms of competing for 90 minutes, playing for 90 minutes, executing for 90 minutes, focus and concentration. We've given up a couple goals in the last few games on set pieces that just, uh, that just can't happen. And, 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 moments in the game where we're actually in control of the game, we give up a goal and that, that stuff like that just can't, that can't happen. We have to be locked in and, and better. So those are things that regardless of who we play and, and who the opposition is, we've got to continue improving upon and taking steps forward, understanding that, you know, to your point, the competitive side and the mentality side of playing against your, your rivals and things like that, maybe there's a little more edge sometimes that, that gets the blood boiling just a little bit, uh, a little more. And what's your personal favorite uh, Cali Classico moment or memory? Uh, I think you guys asked me this last time. Uh, I should have a better answer. Um, Cali Classico. I don't, uh, the one that is probably the one that hurts the most is the final. Uh, not so much the best moment, but it's the one I probably remember the moment the most for the wrong reasons is uh was 2001 final and went into overtime at 1-1 and obviously we concede a goal to, to lose the game but um, that's probably the one that hurts the most uh, the one that I remember the most probably doesn't over the shadow the one that hurts the most so uh, so I'll uh, I remember that one and my hope is as here we can turn that around with a Western Conference win against San Jose at some point to put us into the MLS Cup final to win it and then I can put that away somewhere <laughs> thank you uh, uh, next, we'll go to Josh Gessman. Hey, Greg, thanks for uh, for taking the time to talk to us, as always. Um, can we get an injury update? Can we talk about uh, Chicharito, uh, Sega Koulibaly? Uh, I don't know if Jonathan Dos Santos escaped the last game completely uninjured. And uh, Kevin Cabral, please. Okay, uh, we'll keep the Javier one quick. Uh, he's progressing. He's doing more field work. He's not ready to play in a match yet. Um, we get a little window of time between this game and the next one, and then we get an even bigger window of time between the next one and the next one. So we have some fingers crossed and optimism that maybe by LAFC he'll be involved, and then we'll really have a window of time to get him to top form and get some training sessions under his belt and all that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit of where he's at. Uh, Sega. Um, they found at post game that he didn't have at, through more tests and stuff. They didn't find a concussion. They found a bruise uh, and some soreness and all that. So he, the last two days, he still had to pass some, some tests on the field. He has done. So he's available for the match tomorrow. Um, Kevin again, was a little bit of precaution just with coming out of the game and needing treatment for the last, the two days going prior and or going into the Colorado game. It was a risk sort of reward um, we chose not to risk, uh, he has again on the field passed some of the testing that we want for him to be available for tomorrow. So he, uh, he remains at the moment avail available unless anything comes up that I don't know about. Um, and the last one was Jonathan came out of the game. Yeah, he, he's, he was fine. He was, 
obviously a touch of, of fatigue, cramping, norm, like, you know, somewhat normal stuff with games back to back and tight. Um, but he's, he's eligible to play and he's fine and uh, he'll be ready to, ready to go. So sort of the follow up on that, and maybe to touch a little bit on Kevin's question as well. Um, while the ups and downs are maybe normal, are, are, is the team feeling the fatigue of this condensed schedule? Because I know I'm exhausted having to go back to the stadium again on Friday and I don't do anything. Uh, it feels like there's that that is taking a toll as well on on maybe the entire MLS. Yeah, I think this is a real challenging time just across the league with, you know, guys are it's the we call them the dog days of summer, really, when it comes to the MLS, because you have loads of games. The weather is hot in most places. You have guys split their attention between our team and the national team and then back to our team and all those things are going on. And it's the summer grind that guys are just kind of working through. Uh, I find our, I find within our group, there's, there's a, a great amount of concentration, focus and attention on where we're at. Everybody wants to play every single minute. So when I'm rotating lineups, it, it's not like guys love to be out of the team. They want to be on the field, which is, which is a great thing. Guys are, are ready to go out and they want to help the team and, and they want to keep the group moving forward. So um, I think our group is in general, I think it's it's probably there somewhere, but I think our group is pretty pretty focused in and excited to be together. And you know, I know they hate when they lose a game, especially in the way we lost the last game. And so I think there's some some interest of turnaround and playing quickly and and uh, you know trying to get a result back, not get a result back, Thanks, get a result in the next one. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, next we'll go to Larry Morgan. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking our questions. I'm like Josh. I'm tired, too, but I have an excuse. I'm pretty old. So, um, you know, you guys are coming off a pretty emotional game against one of the contenders in the West. And now you're facing a team that's 12 points behind you in the standings. Um, how do you guard against some kind of a letdown or this turning into a trap game almost? Is there any concern on your part about that? No, not, not really. And part of it is because we didn't get the result we wanted last game, which should heighten everybody's uh, awareness and, and I don't know, anxiety a little bit for not, for not getting a result at home should feel like we need to come out and perform and, and, uh, and back up last not result with a, with a good performance and, and a good result. So, um, you know, if we'd have won the last game, then I would, probably be more inclined to answer that with a, yeah, we need to be, we need to be sharp in this game and not get complacent with that. But because we didn't, I would like to think that this group has a chip on their shoulder and it's going to ready, ready to come out and play. And one more injury update to Biafania. Is he all, all set to go? So he, he has, uh, I just have to see if he had any reaction from today's training. He's trained the last few days. Um, it's just trying to get the, the jolts of, you know, having a bone bruise to, to minimize. Um, I'm optimistic that he'll be, uh, he'll be available for tomorrow. I'll know for sure as I step out of here and get a follow-up from training, but I, my anticipation is that he will be, uh, be available. And how, uh, how surprised have you been with the uh, inclusion of uh, Nico in the starting 11? Seems like he's really gotten a, a good spot on that team already, already blended in quite well. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's done an, an excellent job in, in a short period of time of just integrating into the group and into the into the team. Um, clearly, he knows how to play the position and he knows the expectations and he's he's got a 
you know, a great foundation of just soccer ability, knowledge, athleticism, fitness level is in a good spot. He's comfortable on the ball. Um, as I said, we haven't, we haven't asked anything really unique of him uh, through this, this stretch. It's just kind of to, um, to just to be himself and to play within the group, but he, he has, he has a high level capacity that fits into what we're trying to do. So it's some of that, some of that seamless, uh, I think is he's proven to have a nice, just he's having, a, he has an awareness of his surroundings. He's a pretty observant kid. He's quiet. You can see that he's coming in, coming in and just kind of seeing how everything works and he's taking things in. And I think because of that observantness and that awareness, it also shows when he plays on the field that he's really aware of what his center back next to him is doing. He's aware of his surroundings, which helps him to make good, solid decisions and his quality, his athleticism, those are things that, you know, that he has, but it's really his awareness of his surroundings and his, uh, you know, his decision-making has been very good. So th those things have helped him to really settle into our group. And, and um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm pleased with him and I'm curious to see what the upside is and, and what he's capable of doing and also being able to help Jorge and so that we don't have to, you know, kill Jorge every minute of the season, which we had to do at the beginning, which left him a little bit physically vulnerable. So here's a, we have an opportunity where we have good, good, two good left backs who can really help this team push down the stretch. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Yep. Thank you. We have time for one more question and I'll go to Fernando Ceballos. Hi, uh, thanks uh, for your time, coach. Uh, Chicharito will be available to the all-star game what do you think thanks yeah i'm not sure um look candidly and openly from my perspective he hasn't played in what will it be 10 games i think tomorrow uh it's hard to see a guy who hasn't played in 10 games show up and play his first game or minutes in an all-star game that for me is really really difficult to swallow uh, i just don't know how how that uh how that corresponds with his availability for the lafc game and so um, you know, my, my hope is that he doesn't have any involvement. Um, but I also want him to be available if he's progressing the right way to play in the LAFC game. So we're working through that to make a, uh, with the league and everybody else to make sure that, that a smart decision, whatever it is, uh, he won't be put in a position to where he is. He's put in a vulnerable spot that, um, that puts him at risk, whatever that, whatever that conclusion is, we'll, we'll try to make sure that that's the case. All right, Greg, thanks. thank you for your time. All right, thanks, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for joining our press conference. We will share a uh, recording of this and uh, hope to see you tomorrow as the Galaxy host the San Jose Earthquakes tomorrow on ESPN2 at 730. Um, All right, thanks. Thanks, Kevin. All right, take care, guys. Thank you.